Hi, and welcome to the Platinum Business Break podcast. And we are so glad you're here. And today's episode is The Way Business Should Be, Part 10. Spinoff non-core products and services. Okay, it's season three, episode 19. Yeah, some of you are going, okay, what, 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 I'm not sure what he means there. So what we're saying on this on this particular episode, this is kind of a continuation of our episode 18, the, the previous one. We were talking about not getting distracted from the core focus of your business. So many times I see companies do that. So what we're going to talk about today is when is it time to spin off or start a separate company of non-core uh, products or services so it doesn't interrupt your core business, okay? So again, this is Season 3, Episode 19 of the Platinum Business Break Podcast, and it is sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting. You know, we help small to medium-sized businesses become world-class organizations. It's easy, and we could show you how. So we're going to jump right in. So when to start a separate business? And one of the things that I, I often think about is either delusion or delusion, okay? I know it kind of sounds the same. You don't want to dilute your core brand or your core business. Plus, you don't want to have any delusions that you're going to make something fit, okay? That's why I say no dilution or delusion, all right? And oftentimes, what I hear is the word bolt-on. It's like, you know, a company says, hey, we've got this really cool acquisition. It's a great bolt-on business, so a bolt-on business, what it is, is a tuck-in acquisition is what the private equity guys say, where the acquiring company merges the acquired company into a division. Okay, and a lot, you know, again, that's according to Investopedia, that definition. That doesn't always work. Again, I've seen businesses try to, to attach or bring in uh, businesses that don't quite fit. And, and again, the, as the picture shows above, you know, it's a little bolt-on thing. Yeah, that looks like that's going to fall off, especially if times get tough, the road gets rocky. That bolt-on business is going to fall off. It's going to fail, right? So and I'm gonna, and we're going to talk about that in this episode. All right, so with that, I'm going to give you not one, not two, but ten reasons why a business might choose to spin off a product or service to a separate operating division or separate company, all right? So the first one, really obvious, is focus and specialization. Concentration on core competencies. By spinning off a product or division, a company can concentrate on its core competencies in main business areas. This allows for better focus and specialization, potentially leading to improved efficiency and competitiveness. Now, part of where I see this come in is where you know you bring in a, a new product type um, that, that's one, it's it's completely different than your, your core brand or core service. Two, it's it goes to market a little bit different. Um, you know, it's 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 the, the the distribution channel or sales channel is is different, which means then you've got your existing team who's supposed to be focused on your core, which let's let's call it your cash cow, right? And all of a sudden now they got this little bolt on, this little extra business, and it and it's it's taking resources, okay. And, and, and it starts breeding confusion. So that's why you need to maintain the focus on your core brand and let this specialization, this, this unique or this different type of spinoff, kind of do something different. Strategic alignment, number two. Strategic focus. A spinoff can align with the company's overall strategic objectives. It allows the parent company to focus on the primary goals while the spinoff entity can pursue a different strategic direction without affecting the core business. And again, th this kind of goes back to, you know, what I was saying earlier about, you know, you know when, when you're diluting things. For example, you have a, a company that brings in a not quite good fit product, but yet you start using all the 
you know, some companies say shared services. You start using marketing and IT and, uh, you know, the sales force and customer service and order management, all those. And, and all of a sudden, they have to learn this new bolt-on business. They have to learn this new different uh, type of product or service. And what happens, it dilutes. It, it, and, it and also, it, it causes confusion. So, you know, and, and the alignment gets off. Because it's like, hey, we're supposed to be focusing on what we're very good at or what made us good. Now we're looking at this other type of product. Yeah, it was profitable when we bought it, but it doesn't quite fit in. Right? I hope this is making sense. You know, Some people are going to push back on this, but um, I'm going to get a little more specific as we go on. Financial performance, value creation. Spinoff can unlock hidden value. If a business has a distinct segment with different growth rates or risk profiles, separating them can make a value of each segment more transparent to investors, potentially resulting in higher overall market valuation. Now, that's obviously for a publicly traded company. Now, I work for a, a, a privately held company. And again, same kind of thing. They brought in a, a product that was just different enough. It didn't really fit in the distribution channel. The sales force really didn't understand it. Plus, the, the company that they brought in, it was a me too of, of, of a very crowded space. So all of a sudden, all these resources went into this new product or product type. And this product ultimately almost sank the company. I mean, this product was a drain on the cash. Now, they had uh, two or three other product types that were related, that were their core, that were their true cash cow. I mean, these were money makers. Well, this new th product that they brought in, this third product, product line, sucked the cash <laughs> out of the company because they didn't, they didn't quite understand the business. One, two, the people weren't bought in. And three, it was a highly competitive marketplace. There wasn't enough margin in it as they went out to the marketplace to sustain that, that new entity. So financial performance is very important. So to keep it separate, it would have been apparent from the beginning to do something different. Okay, number four, capital allocation. Optimizing capital structure. Okay, spinoff can help optimize the capital structure of both entities. Each can tailor its financial policies and capital expenditures to specific needs, potentially leading to improved financial performance. Anyway, this is kind of a continuation of, of number three. So again, in the example I was giving, this this you know third biz, uh, product or service type that, that came in that wasn't a good fit was draining resources, was draining a lot of money, um, and, and again, so so for example, on on the on the products that are making money, you know you can't do anything to enhance or improve those products because you you've you've got all this capital allocation trying to save or subsidize. Actually, is probably the correct word. This this you know, bolt-on business that's not a good fit. Right, number five, market perception. Enhanced market perception. A spinoff can create a positive market perception, especially if the spinoff entity is better positioned to thrive independently. This can attract investors and positively impact stock prices. Again, referring to, you know, a publicly held company. But, you know, the reverse is true too. A lot of times a, a new a spinoff, if it's not, or let me put it this way, if a product is not spun off and it's, it's, you're trying to integrate it into your existing product and services, your core, it could actually have the reverse. You know, people could start getting confused. They go, why are they in that business? Or you're trying to get customers who normally wouldn't use that product or service to use this new one because, you know, you've got pressure to, to, to make sales. So again, it's, it's, it's a mistake I see quite often. So, so the market perception. Now, if you completely spun it off a completely separate operating business, and then you could per fully participate in that channel in that market the way the other companies do, and you know, again, I know some people are going to say, "Well, we had some competitive advantages with our core products." Well, if, if that's true, if they really fit, okay, 
if they really fit. You know, for example, you know, you see car dealerships, and you you know, you might see a car dealership who opens up a, a motorcycle dealership or an ATV, you know, four wheeler, you know, recreational vehicle type, um, you know, dealership next door. Okay, well, you know, that's not core. You know, that's that's a little off, but. Some of the, you know, you have a service department, you have a finance department, there are some cross-pollination or there are some synergies or shared services that make sense. But a lot of times that is not the way it works. All right, number six, agility and innovation. Smaller independent entities are often more agile and innovative. A spinoff can create a more entrepreneurial environment, fostering creativity and quicker adaption to market changes. Again, I think this is what has what sinks a lot of companies Again, they bring this new product or service, try to bolt it on, try to make it into their core. It doesn't fit. Okay, so then then it becomes part of the big machine that grew this cash cow, right? I mean, I hope this is making sense. Um, and, and so what happens is if you can spin it off and and give those people an incentive to grow it to make it happen, it it's gonna be a huge difference. Okay. So, you know, again, it, you know, when something is new and you're in a new market, man, that is really the fun time. But you can't combine something like that with a, a, a existing or an aging um, or a mature product because it just doesn't fit. So, again, I hope all this is making sense. So agility and innovation. Risk management. By spinning off a business unit, a company can isolate specific risks associated with that unit. It can be especially important if the spun-off division has unique risks that are not well aligned with the risk tolerance of the parent company. And again, I'll, I'll keep using the same example. You know, this company brought in a product not exactly aligned with its core. And what ended up happening, they had a lot of warranty claims. Okay, because part, part of that industry is, you know, there, there was these really crazy warranties they had to offer to, to, to get in the door. So... All of a sudden, guess what? They started having increased warranty claims. Well, guess what? Because of that risk, that risk was now spread over to the more profitable side of the business, and they were sucking cash out to pay some of these claims, right? Does that make sense? I hope it does. So risk management. Employee engagement, number eight. Employees in the spun-off entity may be more engaged and motivated when they're part of a smaller, more focused organization. This can positively impact productivity innovation. And absolutely true. Again, you're trying to shoehorn a new product, you have a few people working on it, and but if they're part of this large organization, this part, you know, large, large cash cow, it's going to be, you know, they say that, you know, the stepchild, it's going to be ignored. Um, and then the employees there, they don't have the resources, they get in discouraged, and it's very, very, very tough. So employee engagement is a factor in that. Uh, regulatory compliance considerations. Uh, in some cases, regulatory compliance issues may necessitate the separation of certain business units to ensure adherence to specific industry regulations. Again, I think that goes more towards environmental. Um, you know, some services may be uh, partial to that, or possibly some uh, raw material. Maybe there's some some you know hazard warnings or something like that. So that is something to keep in mind. Number ten, market conditions. Changes in market conditions, consumer preferences, or technology make it more beneficial for a business to spin off a division to adapt more effectively to those changes. And, and again, that's the same thing. So if you have a core business and you're, and you're operating in a certain way, and then all of a sudden you have this, you know, business that doesn't quite fit, um, the, the changes in your core business are going to affect that or vice versa. You need to be able to be nimble and quick and grow that new entity, especially if it is not part of your core, all right? So, and you have to be able to look at the market conditions because 
what happens with that new entity, that new product or service may not be applicable to your core business. Okay, I hope this is making sense. In fact, I, you know, I worked for a company, you know, years and years ago, it was in the roofing space, you know, and they, they had a particular roofing product. Well, they ended up getting into related things, but not core. Like, for example, they were getting into uh, a solar and vegetative, you know, you know, like having a green top roof. Well, those were cool things, and those were really, you know, possible market ideas, but it was so different. The way that that was sold, the way you went to the building owners, the way you went to architects, it really needed to be a separate entity, but unfortunately, it diluted the, the everything. So their core business suffered, and then the um, the new products that they're trying to introduce didn't go anywhere. So so that's another reason too, because you know solar has its own. You know, if you look at like traditional roofing, let's say like a residential roofing with shingle roofs, okay, that's pretty much a static business. There's not a lot of change on that. You know, you're going to get a roof every you know ten to twenty years. If there's hailstorms or damage, it's going to be faster or more frequent. But then you add solar to that. Now the solar technology has been changing very 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 rapidly there's like you know rebates there's you know technology updates where in basic roofing you know nothing has changed really that much so you're trying to combine these two you know you know this this static type business with a really dynamic business and guess what the market conditions of each will dictate different things so you start getting confused on that especially imagine having the same sales force selling those two products and again they match, they fit, but there's a specialization here that would dictate a separate business unit. All right. Now I'm going to give a couple examples. Um, again, because I said this this concept is a little, I think, going to be hard for some folks, and I'm probably going to get some pushback. But let's look at this one, Alphabet. Now again, a lot of people don't realize Google's parent company is called Alphabet. So in 2015, Google restructured its operation, formed Alphabet as its parent company. Google became one of the subsidiaries, while other businesses like Waymo, which was a self-driving car concept, uh, Verily, Life Sciences, and Nest, and we've all heard of Nest, you know, Nest is, um, you know, the, those thermostats and things like that, became independent operating divisions under Alphabet. So, you know, think about that. Think of the Nest thermostat control in your home, we're, you know. Now, I'm, I know we're going to say, oh, it's all hooked to Google. They all talk, and they're listening to us, and I, I get that. But it's a different thing. You know, Google is more of a service. It's a, it's a it's a search engine, it's a software, but then you got this Nest, which is a, a thermostat, and it's actually a hard, it's it's actually a hard, pro, you know, an actual product uh, that has to go through distribution, it has installation, there's warranties and all that. So I hope you kind of see that. So it made sense to make it a separate, independent operating division under Alphabet, all right? So that's pretty cool. I'll look at this one, General Electric. Now, General Electric, um, you know, a lot of people know Jack Welch. He was, you know, the guy that really kind of, saw the big growth of General Electric or GE. So GE has a history of creating separate divisions for various businesses. One notable example was NBC Universal, which was a major media subsidiary of GE. Now, um, in 2011, GE sold the controlling stake in NBC to Comcast, eventually leading to separation of that. So the point is, you know, it was a separate business, but it wasn't really a core fit because GE now, I think, is structured three ways, GE Healthcare, GE Veronova, and GE Aerospace. Um, you know, so, I mean, like I said, GE's typically, you think light bulbs and appliances and things like that. So again, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get in the business with, with, with a broadcast company, NBC Universal, just not a fit to a manufacturing, like an industrial manufacturing company. Right. So does that make sense? So, so they spun it, they, it was a separate entity. Then finally they just sold it because like, like this doesn't even fit. 
Okay, that's the kind of that's what I'm trying to get you to think about. All right, let's look at IBM. IBM is known for evolving its businesses over time. In the 1990s, IBM spun off its printer and hard drive divisions to separate companies, Lexmark and Hitachi Global Strategies. Okay, in addition, they also have um, several other uh, you know businesses like uh, you know Red Hat, uh, NorCloud, um, Taos or Taos. Um, in other words, so IBM's the parent company, but they have all these other separate businesses that are separated. They're not ran, you know, with IBM, you know, banner, and that just helps keep those businesses independent and helps them grow. Now, doesn't mean they can't leverage the financial strength of, of the parent company, but it's got to be separate. You can't sell all these things up underneath IBM. Okay. All right. Let's look at Microsoft again known for Windows, Office, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. They also own Skype, Bing, and LinkedIn. A lot of people don't realize that Microsoft owns LinkedIn. Now, again, think about that. Think about if, if you were trying to make LinkedIn as part of the Microsoft suite, you know, that would not probably go very well because, you know, you got people who run Apple products and, you know, and all that. But look at, look at that there. I mean, you got Skype, you got Bing, you got... Uh, LinkedIn and several other smaller companies or, or subsidiaries. But again, what's Microsoft's core? Microsoft, really their core now is the software. You know, so they never really were in the hardware business, but they have all these ancillary type services that are related, but they're different. So that's why they're separate. All right. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So again, you know, if you have a non-core product, spin it off to a separate division. That's all I'm saying. It's that simple. So again, hey, this was probably a shorter episode, but you know, this is part of my, you know, manifesto. And I think I, I, I told the story, you know, I was on a cruise this summer, this past summer, and kind of thought, you know, what are the things that I believe about business and the way business should be ran? Well, this was one of them. Well, the previous podcast was one, don't dilute your core. You know, you, you got to protect your core business. You got to stay in your core business. Don't, uh, you know, don't, don't drift from it because if you do, it's going to dilute it and you're going to have problems. So this one is really the next step. It's like, okay, so if you've got an opportunity for different business or product or service, you want to separate it. Don't make it part of your core business. That's all I'm saying in this. So I'm going to quit beating that dead horse because I think you can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, this is the Platinum Business Break Podcast. It's sponsored by Platinum Business Consulting. The way business should be, part 10 spin-off non-core products and services. Anyway, we'll have another one here in a week or so. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.